Welcome to the teaching ministry of Reverend JFK Mensah, a seasoned Bible teacher with over 40 years of ministry experience. He is a pastor, a church planter, a missionary, and an international conference speaker. He is passionate about making Christ-like disciples worldwide. JFK Mensah is the General Overseer of Grace Commission Church International. May you be transformed as you listen to the Word of God. John the Baptist preparing for his coming. The story of John the Baptist has been read over and over and over at Christmas. So today, all I want to do is compare John the Baptist with Jesus, the similarities and the differences, and bring out what I find to be the four most strategic things that his life is speaking after his death. Let's look at the comparison. First of all, the similarities. John's parents and when I say John, this time I mean John the Baptist. John's parents were godly. They were from the priestly family, both husband and wife. And according to Luke chapter 1, verse 5 and 6, they were living a righteous life that kept the law of God blamelessly. Jesus' parents were also very righteous. Mary was a virgin and they kept the law of God blamelessly. John's birth was prophesied by the same angel Gabriel who prophesied Jesus' birth. There were prophecies about John the Baptist uttered by Elizabeth, John's mother, and Zechariah, John's father, concerning the child. There were prophecies by Simeon and Anna, the prophetess, concerning the child Jesus. Both children had God-given assignments at birth. John was told that he was to prepare the way for the coming of the Lord. And Jesus, we are told that he shall call his name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. 
both of them grew under very spiritual conditions. John the Baptist grew up in the wilderness, in the desert. The Bible says in Luke 1, 80, the child grew and he was strong, he worked strong in spirit and he was in the desert until the word of the Lord came to him. He ate locusts and wild honey. Jesus, the youth leader has told us in Luke 2.40 and Luke 2.52 also grew. He was also strong in spirit. He was full of wisdom and the grace of God was upon him. And he increased in wisdom and stature and the favor with God and with men. Both men never married. Both men spent 30 years to prepare for the work God wanted them to do. Both men ministered less than four years and they were killed. Both men preached repentance and forgiveness of sins. Both were involved in baptism. Both were involved in making disciples. Both of them called human beings, you brood of vipers. Both told human beings that a tree which does not bear good fruit will be cut down by God. Both preached the kingdom of God. Both caused impact. The Bible says Herod wanted to kill John the Baptist, but he was afraid of him because the people held that John was the prophet. The Pharisees, when Jesus asked them, John's baptism, is it from heaven or from men? They refused to answer because they feared the people. The people held John to be a prophet of God. Jesus too, they were reluctant to arrest him during the feast because the crowds held him to be a prophet. Both John and Jesus finished their ministry. In Acts chapter 13, verse 24-25, Paul reports that John, as John finished his course, and in John 17, verse 4, Jesus said, Father, I have glorified you on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. Both were acknowledged that they were sent by God. John chapter 1, verse 6 says, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. And Jesus said in John chapter 6, verse 
38 that I came from heaven not to do my own will but the will of my father who sent me both lived lives that showed their convictions they never compromised with what they were convinced about both had the hand of God upon their lives and you can go on with some of the other similarities but there are significant differences between John the Baptist and Jesus the first is that John the Baptist was about six months older than Jesus Christ even though they were cousins the scripture is careful to make us see that John came to prepare the people of God and the way for Jesus to come. John died a violent death. He was beheaded. Jesus died a violent death. He was crucified. But the death of John didn't saved any human being. But the death of Jesus is salvation for all who are interested in putting their faith in him. John did not rise from the dead. Jesus rose. John did not ascend to heaven. Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God. John preached repentance and water baptism but he told us that after me will come one who is greater mightier than I am and the shoe latches that he has I'm not worthy to untie he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire John grew up in the wilderness Fasting, eating just locusts and wild honey. Not in much contact with human beings. Jesus grew up social. He increased in favor with men and with God. They called John that he has a demon because he came neither eating nor drinking. They said Jesus was a glutton and a wine dipper. Because he was always eating. They wondered when he and his disciples fasted. We are not told that John grew up with wisdom. But everywhere Jesus is mentioned, we are told that the child was full of wisdom. He increased in wisdom. And the, his teachers were surprised at his understanding and understanding. And when he finished preaching, people asked, where did this man get his wisdom from? He himself said, greater than Solomon is here. And the differences go on. But that brings me to some of the things I want to pull out for us. You know, 
as Christmas draws near, we all have, you know, a spirit of gratitude, I hope, that one whole year, God has kept us. We've lost friends, we've lost family, we've lost workmates, we've lost, you name them. But we are alive. And we want to say thank you to God. That is true. Some have even married. But Christmas comes just before the beginning of a new year. And the greatest mistake you can make as a human being is to take the Christmas gratitude and enter the new year without thinking. Because in that way, your life never changes. Because you are just rejoicing and you enter 2016. That, oh, the way God did it for me in 2015, let's go. But, Romans chapter 2 verse 4 says, The goodness of God is meant to cause you to think and repent. Whenever God is being good to you, it's not because you are smart. It's because He wants to get a certain repentance from you, which He hasn't got as yet. One of my professors said, the mother said, You are going to live very long. And he said, Amen, Mama. But why? He said, You are very stubborn. And God does not... That God has, has no delight in the death of sinners. You will live long. So, you know, last two weeks, when I heard the announcement that Ghana had climbed to become the second most corrupt country in Africa and beating Nigeria, I, I haven't recovered. Yeah, because with all apologies to Nigerians, we know that one out of every five Africans is a Nigerian. But the rest, for fifths of us, thank God daily we are not Nigerians because of the corruption. So when Ghana managed to climb up to overtake Nigeria in corruption, you know, our big people have tried to deny, but when you look at the country, we even deserve the first place. They have shown us mercy and grace. I haven't recovered. This is a nation that prides itself in being Christian. And Gallup polls declared two times running that Ghana is the most religious nation in the world. They interviewed over 50,000 people. Our Christianity is not affecting our life. A friend sent me a letter. He said, hey, GFK, so you're also in Ghana before the country is so corrupt? I said, how for do? Number one, John the Baptist had the courage 
to finish the work God gave him to do, even though it cost him his life. When you read the Isaiah 40, from verse 3 to 5, and the Malachi passage we have read, Malachi 3, 1 to 5, and Malachi 4, you can see that heaven wanted to send somebody to prepare the way for Jesus. Because the most important personality in heaven was coming down to visit the earth. And he needed a motorcade. And they thought, they, they planned, they, they, I don't know, they strategized. They looked for somebody who will come and do the job. And just do the job. Somebody who, you see, when we read the Luke chapter uh, 3, you read the verse 1 and 2. He said, The word of the Lord came to John, and he went and preached. Jonah, chapter 1. The word of the Lord came to Jonah. Go and preach in Nineveh. He went in the opposite direction. You say it's because an angel announced his birth. What about Samson? Angel came to announce his birth twice, but he failed. You say, oh, if God had told me at the time I was being born that I would be this, that, probably I You are a liar. That's not it. Everything you are wearing, from your spectacles to your shoes, has a purpose. What makes you think God sent you to this earth without a purpose. What makes you think that the creator of heaven who made the sun for the day and the moon, the stars and the sun and the sea and the animals that he sent you a whole human being in his image and there is no, no agenda on your chest. He told Jeremiah, Jeremiah 5, stop telling me you are a child. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you came out of your mother's womb, I sanctified you and ordained you a prophet to the nations. Ephesians 2.10 says, We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. He prepared beforehand that we should walk in it. John the Baptist may be the greatest among all those born of women, but Jesus said he is the least in, among those born in the kingdom. Every one of us bought by the blood of Jesus has a unique work which God carved out before you came. Ephesians 1, 4 says, He chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before Him. You can't tell me that, oh, God hasn't told me what I should do for Him. So, me, I, me, I don't know. I'm confused. What do you mean? Why did you marry? Why did you marry? How did you know that you should marry that girl? Did you just cast a die? Eh? You took a decision? You took a decision. And if you are a Christian, you prayed and thought that God was leading you somewhere. 
If you will pray for a husband, why don't you pray for the reason God sent you to this earth? No human being has an excuse before God to say, for me, I didn't know. That's why. No. The Bible says there was a man sent from God. His name was John. He came to bear witness to the light. He was not the light. The true light which lights every man was coming into the world. And he came to bear witness that all men should believe. Heaven gave him that agenda because they trusted that he would be faithful. And he didn't fail. He didn't fail them. John chapter 12 verse 25 says, If you want to save your life, you will lose it. But if you lose your life for the sake of Jesus and his kingdom, you will save it. Many of us are interested in just living for ourselves. It's not about you. It's not about you. It's not about you. Look at the life of John. Look at the life of John, the person who came just before Jesus to prepare his way. Thirty years he was in preparation. He ministered one year and he was killed. That's all. And yet he, he did his job. Matthew eleven eleven says that of all people born of a woman, this is the greatest. He did his job. It's not about you. It's not even how long you live. Is finishing the reason why God sent you into this world. That's what John teaches us. That's what John teaches us. It's not about you. He came with a commission. I'm sure that home. Because when the father disbelieved Gabriel, and Gabriel, he was struck down but once. Therefore, he was careful in raising that child. When he came to naming him, he said, bring me a slate. He wrote, his name is John. He didn't want any trouble. Immediately, his mouth opened. So, can you imagine? Some parents, my mother, when she heard I was a pastor, she wept openly in the street. You know, my father said, oh, to be a pastor, he released me. But my mother, you know, my mother, but John the Baptist's father and mother, they knew they released him. They released him for God to do what he wanted to do. This work of world evangelism and missions can never be done if parents would not release their children to go and do the work. When the harvest is plentiful and laborers are few and Christian parents will not release their children for the work of the ministry, the work will die. Al-Qaeda finds parents to release their children by fair or foul means. ISIS finds youth. Al-Sabah has warriors. Has Christ got people? Parents who are prepared to say, my son. I went to a, a, a family last time and I told the father, oh, your boy has been coming for discipleship studies with me. And he said, oh, I released him. Even his elder brother is in Canada. He's a pastor, even though he did pharmacy and some things. But I released them. 
What is better than working for God? I myself wanted to work for God, but I couldn't. So why not? And I said, God bless you. How many parents in the church, when we are talking that we need workers, think of their children being released to do their work? You see? They feel that mama is stressing me. Mama, mama, mama. Immediately she hears I'm reading my Bible. She has something to say. You are not at your books again. You again. You, you, must, you know, Christianity, you must balance. Huh? You must balance. When he's smoking, he will balance. Balance. When he's smoking, he will balance. When he's on Indian hemp, he will balance. You can't give someone to Jesus holy and Jesus will destroy the person. The courage. John the Baptist. The courage. The courage to be what God wanted him to do. To finish it. To finish it. Now he's in his grave. But he has done it. He's done his part. <laughs> he's done his part. He's done his part. The second thing I notice about John the Baptist is courage to confront evil. Eh? Did you hear it? The crowds came. What shall we do? Then the soldiers came. What shall we do? Then the tax collectors came. What shall we do? <laughs> what shall we do? And he told them the truth to their face. Ghana lacked courage to confront. I have a pastor friend who is in um, Edinburgh. And he told me that he has Nigerians and Ghanaians in his church. And the character trait is so different. When a Nigerian is offended in church, he comes, Pastor, I don't like this thing. Last time you said, I don't like. When a Ghanaian is offended, oh, Pastor, it's okay, it's okay. <laughs> so whenever a Ghanaian is offended, that he will not come to confront you. He must find a sly way of destroying the work. Backbiting, gossiping, and, you know, undermining, undercutting, backstabbing. Where did we get this life from? Eh? I saw one of the cartoons. A, a, a Ghanaian cyclist got to the traffic light, and it was green and pedestrians were crossed so he carried his bicycle and crossed as a pedestrian why wouldn't you be the second most corrupt nation in Africa you know it cost John the Baptist his life because he confronted the head of state Herod you do not have this woman Herodias it's wrong you are living with your brother's wife it's wrong Herod said, what? You are preaching, do you think you can joke with me? They arrested him. Herodias wanted him killed. And finally, when Salome danced, he swore an oath. And the lady went, Mama, Mama, what shall I ask? <laughs> what shall I ask? Daddy says, if I ask half his kingdom, you give me. What I ask? I don't know. And out of bitterness, you know, she said, ask for the head of John the Baptist. And she said, Daddy, I know what I will ask. The head of John the Baptist. 
the head of John the Baptist. And they went and killed John the Baptist and brought the head in a dish and gave it to the girl. And she sent it to the mother to keep in their kitchen. The courage. Some of us are working at places in Ghana that we shouldn't work in. But you lack conviction to tell the manager that, my friend, this under invoicing, I can't. I, will, I can't do it. What you're asking me to do, I can't do it. My conscience as a Christian will not allow me. If you won't take it, I resign. That's all. We lack moral courage. Our faces look nice, but we lack moral courage, moral stamina, moral fiber. You see, to tell that manager who wants to sleep with you that I won't. And if you do it again, I'll report you. And so, so much sin is going on. You are working at an, a, a clinic and a Christian comes for abortion. You lack the courage to tell her, hey, what do you mean? Yeah, don't do such things. Why? Why are we like that? Why are we like that? Our country will become worse. Next, I can promise you, if we this continue, we will be first. We are climbing. We went in the address. We are climbing. It means the country is becoming worse with more churches and more Christians. Now there is a church under every tree. John. He had moral courage, that guy. You know, for a long time when I was in Mokwe, I walked in the night, four hours without flashlight and pray snakes, anything from Bokwe to Lulu beside there I told God, give me the faith to tell people the truth I am a pastor, if I don't tell people the truth then where am I going? you see, if I don't tell people the truth then we are finished We are finished. We are putting on the, in the pulpit afraid men and women. And they can't tell the church member. You know your church member is involved in evil. But he brings tithes. You collect it. What is Where did you get your money from? Eh? Do you want to marry this girl if you are sleeping with her? Why? I won't, I won't operate. I won't officiate. If you want to marry her and you are sleeping with her, ask for me, I won't. Go, and go somewhere else and be wedded. We lack the moral courage. To confront it to. That's what John did. Even though he lived before Jesus. Even though he didn't see the resurrection of Jesus. He doesn't speak in tongues like you. Oh, my time is gone. Okay, today is Lord's Supper. Let me just bring the last one the courage. To be such a light that you can make disciples. It's interesting to note that the first two disciples of Jesus from John chapter 1 were disciples of John. It was John who pointed Jesus to them in John 1 29 that, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And John 1.34, he said, Ah, behold the Lamb of God. And the two disciples, John and Andrew, they followed Jesus and said, Rabbi, where do you live? And Jesus said, come and see. And they went 
stayed with him that day. The next morning, Andrew went and found his brother Peter and said, we have found the Messiah. Jesus' first disciples were borrowed from John the Baptist. Here is a man who lived such a life and made such impact upon human beings that Jesus borrowed two of his disciples. At least two. The, main, the reason we are crying disciple, disciple, and people are not making disciples is that your life is too poor to make a disciple. Jesus said in John 12, 24, except a, 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 a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. Doesn't bear fruit. If it dies, it brings forth much fruit. John. Way into Acts chapter 18 from verse 24, 27, we are told about Apollos who came from Alexandria in Egypt and he was a disciple of John, John the Baptist. <laughs> you see, if we, uh, Acts chapter 19, Ephesian believers, many miles, hundreds of miles away from Jerusalem, when Paul got there and asked them, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believe? He said, we haven't heard there is any Holy Spirit. He said, what? Then, what baptism did you have? He said, John's baptism. Impact. Many of us live only for today. You build your house, marry your wife, you have children, you pay school fees, you get promotion at your work, you retire, you die. And they write it on your grave. Born, 1950. Died, 2020. That's all the impact of your life. What a shame. What a shame. What a shame. You can't make disciples if you yourself are not living right. You can't tell people to read the Bible if you are not reading it. How would they memorize verses if you don't memorize verses? How would they pray if you don't pray? How would they win souls if you don't win souls? Disciple making is, is, is not plucked on a tree. John the Baptist had courage to make disciples. And he made disciples in such a way that in Luke chapter 11 verse 1, Jesus' disciples asked Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. <laughs> and people came and asked Jesus, why is it that John's disciples fast, but yours do not fast? Because John's ministry broke the ground. He came to prepare people for Jesus. And he did his job. He did his job. Please. Allow me to just suggest to you as a church that we are, I, I, I love our letter when, when he he, he, he pushed the prayer topics forward. That it's not an issue of well, I too I am inside. You know, country broke, country no broke, we day inside. That's not the issue. Every single serious Christian has to get up and make disciples. Be a disciple because you have met Jesus. Let the change be seen and start making disciples. If we do that and encourage one another to do it, 
we will yet finish this job. If we don't, LIC is one of the best churches we have in the country now. Not because, you know, I feel like flattering you, but because the excesses the other churches have, you don't have them. You have stability. And your area of influence is so big that it blows the mind. But if you don't do it, God is not mocked. What a man sows, he shall reap. If you say we have Abraham as our father, and therefore it doesn't matter, God is able to raise stones and take small, small churches in this country and use them in such a way that your church will be surprised and shocked. Shocked, surprised. Therefore, your leaders are making the noise. The preachers are crying. I hope the rank and file of the church will also rise up and take the challenge. Take up the mantle and with courage and boldness live for Jesus in a way that will change this nation of ours. One day when I'm happy and I come back, I will tell you about how John the Baptist had the courage to put Jesus in the first place in his life. God bless you. Shall we rise up and pray? Let's pray before I leave the mic. My first topic for your prayer is if you do not know why God sent you onto this earth, before 2015 ends, enter a pact with God. Tell him, I want to know. I want to know why you sent me to this earth. Every day, pray at least five, ten minutes. Tell God, I want to know. When you are having your bath, I want to know why you sent me. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. I'm also sent. Why did you send me? That's my first prayer. The second prayer I want you to consider is the moral courage to tell the truth and confront evil. Anything going on which you see that is not... You may die for it, but what is life for? And thirdly, the courage, the conviction to make disciples so that 2016 will be richer for you as an individual and as a church than 2015. Shall we just lift up prayer to God? Pray. And prepare your heart so that Christmas will be different. So that 2016 will find you a fruitful Christian. Follow JFK Men's Ministries on Facebook and YouTube and invite others to listen to his podcast. You can also access some of JFK Mensa's books and keep up with his ministry at www.jfkmensaministries.org. God bless you.